Welcome to today's podcast. We are here with Dan Goy of Baja Amigos Caravan Tours, a recognized expert in traveling through Mexico in an RV. In fact, he's traveled through almost all of Mexico states, 150,000 kilometers, and we've got Dan here to answer all your questions about traveling through Mexico. Welcome to Snowbirds and RV Travelers, the weekly show for RV enthusiasts, where we talk about parks, activities, travel tips, trends, reviews, and the latest news affecting your RV experience. For more content and guest opportunities, head over to rvpodcast.com. That's rvpodcast.com. Dan, one of the other questions that we get from people through Snowbirds and RV Travelers magazine um, is most people have traveled, obviously, through Canada, RV through Canada, RV through the U.S. Here we have CAA or the equivalent uh, BCAA. In the States, they've got AAA. Is there something similar in Mexico or can we use our... Triple A. Well, uh, Good Sam uh, does offer coverage in Mexico. However, it really means you just keep the receipts. <laughs> you got you got to figure everything out, but you just keep the receipts and they'll pay it. Right. Um, now the the Mexican government has something called uh, Green Angels, or in Spanish it's Verde Angels, and they're very much like BCAA. They have a truck, couple of guys, mechanically uh, skilled, and they drive the highway different highways across Mexico, uh, twice each day, north and south. And um, if they come across uh, people that are stranded with problems, could be Mexicans, more likely it's tourists, uh, they'll stop and they'll help them. And they may be able, to re be able to repair something, if it's minor, or they may be able to tell you um, what you need to have done, or perhaps call you a tow truck. So if I... And there's no cost. Oh. There's no cost wow. involved. No, no. So basically, if I they break do down free. the side of the highway, you know, is there a number I can call to get the Green Angels to come? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I believe it's 085 is the number you would call. Oh. Uh, of course, if it's if it's an emergency or you think it's an emergency, you can always call 911, police, fire, and ambulance. That's available in Mexico now. More likely, what is going to happen is if you break down the side of the road, very different than here, a Mexican's going to stop and see if he can help you. Wow. That is very likely what's going to happen. That's happened to us many times when we've been alone and we've had a flat tire or we, we've just stopped or I'm you know just taking a break. Sometimes a Mexican will come by and say, hey, do you guys need help? Here's the other one I think that we get a lot of questions about and people have some concerns is what if you get pulled over for a traffic violation? Uh, you know, I mean, we hear about, uh, you know, giving somebody a bribe. Is that true? How does that work? What's your insight? Say it's not so. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to understand is that Mexican police, particularly municipal police, are poorly trained and poorly paid. So uh, it is not uncommon if you're traveling alone, if you can be identified as a tourist, to be pulled over for a imaginary offense. And that's, that's happened to us. That's happened to uh, many people that I know. That's happened to our wagon masters. And so I got kind of two different approaches on this. And this is what I, you know, tell the wagon masters as well. If you've done nothing wrong and you're quite certain you've done nothing wrong, then that should be where you're at. I've done nothing wrong. I, did, I stopped at that stop sign and be adamant about it. And uh, I think lots of people on their fancy phones now can, can do the uh, Google Translate. Right. That can be helpful or not helpful. <laughs> right. I mean, my Spanish is uh, okay. But in those circumstances, 
I tend not to speak Spanish. Yes. I tend to just speak English. Right. right? Let's see. Let's see how the how the policeman's doing with his English. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, important always to be polite. Yeah. Always be respectful, but be you know. Yeah. Adamant. Right. right? right. Just be firm. I'm not paying you any money. It ain't happening. Leading caravans is a little yeah. different because you got the power of numbers. So I've had seven RVs yeah. uh, stopped in the right lane. There is nowhere to pull over, but there is two lanes because we're through a little town, right? So we're all stopped. Everybody's got the emergency on. Everybody's out of their vehicle. And now the policeman on his motorcycle, right, is dealing with 14 people. And it, it, and his claim in this particular case, this actually was in La Paz. And we actually pulled into the Walmart parking lot. And, uh, you know, I uh, got out in front of it, uh, talking to the policeman. And what's the allegation here? Well, this, uh, you know, this person in this RV, which happened to be in the middle of our <laughs> caravan, right, went through the red light. Okay. I looked at him and went, did you go through a red light? No. I looked at the person that stopped at the light behind me. Did he go through a red light? No. I got it on dash cam. <laughs> he didn't go through a red light at all. So then I, you know, hey, I said, there's a, I said, I've never seen any banditos, but I said, I said, I, th I think I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> and in and, and the end, I was very, I was, I was very adamant. And uh, I said, we're not paying you any money. There's been no, no fine. You either need to call more people or I, I gave my hands like this or put me in handcuffs and let's go to jail. Yeah. And uh, so he was very stern and gave us a warning and left <laughs> on his motorcycle. And his name, I gave him a name. I called him Hector. And he was Hector the Collector. In Cabo San Lucas, for instance, yeah. or Puerto Vallarta or Mazatlan, those municipal policemen, they're looking for people with rental cars because a rental car has a different license plate. So, so it's, ah. it's easily identifiable, right? But... And, so in the event, and I've done this too, I didn't go through a red light, but when I left when the light transition from red to green, I was confronted with a massive pothole and I was leading the tour. So Lisa tells the group that, you know, there's a massive pothole in front of us. Dan's going to change lanes. And so I did that. And unfortunately, no one had told me there was a policeman directly behind me. When I changed lanes, he simultaneously changed lanes. And so I cut him off. So I pulled the group up off ahead everybody lined up behind me and I just said to him hey my mistake my error right and uh, I said uh, you know the fines are usually for things like that 250 to, to 500 pesos right so 500 pesos would be about 25 US yep. roughly and you can't offer a policeman a bribe that's that's an offense in itself right so what you can do and uh, they seem very receptive to this is rather than taking the entire caravan back to the police station, you can simply provide him with the 500 pesos and he can pay the pay the uh, ticket on your behalf. And so that's what yeah. we did. That's what happened. I'm very confident he paid the fine on my behalf <laughs> and it was all good. Perfect. But you think about it, if you've never been to Mexico, if you've never driven to Mexico, yeah. you've never interacted with the police, right? Uh, suddenly there's somebody who's got a uniform on, he's got a police truck or car or motorcycle, he's got the lights on, he does have a badge, Yeah. he does have a gun, yeah. which may or may not have bullets, <laughs> it's hard to say, right? And, you know, so you're feeling kind of intimidated. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's where they get you. And they're going to be more active at Christmas, they're going to be more active at Easter, because that's when they need the money. 
right? But again, if you're traveling alone, you may be a little more susceptible yeah. than if you're in a group, right? But if you just keep calm, and you can always, if you feel like you're getting shaken down, you can always call 911. Uh, I always tell people to be calm, but take pictures. Oh, okay. They don't like the, they don't like the pictures, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, that, that can be confrontational as well, so you want to make, take, take a picture from a distance. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Uh, now, what, what if yeah. it's one step more? What if you're actually in an accident? Oh, yeah. Well, now, uh, okay. Well, uh, the first thing you have to recognize is, is that you need to have Mexican vehicle insurance, separate and distinct. Nothing you have in the States, nothing you have in Canada is going okay. to cover you. So you have to buy that separately, and you have to buy it before you go into Mexico. Because in Mexico, the law is different than in Canada and the U.S. In Canada and the U.S., there's a presumption of innocence, and you have to be proven guilty. In Mexico, they're still operating on the laws from France, from back in the day, when French used to control, France used to control Mexico. And uh, uh, you're presumed guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> so there, there's been numerous cases um, where people have been involved in an accident, sometimes even a single vehicle accident, like they've blown a tire and they've gone off the road, right? And they've, they've hit a telephone pole, let's say, or, or taken out a yeah. sign, as random as that may seem, and unlikely it has happened, right? And um, the driver is um, carted off to jail. Okay. So, Dan, how do we get this insurance? Is it something we can buy online? Or... Yeah, there's, there's, there, you can buy it okay. online. There's lots, of places, there's lots of places that sell it. Uh, um, I think there's even places that you can buy it at the border, right. which, you know, I wouldn't do that. I'd buy it online. Yeah. Baja Bound, ADA, Vice Global, Lewis & Lewis, Mexico Pro. I mean, there's quite yeah. a few very legitimate uh, places you can buy it. And you can buy insurance you can just buy liability, or you can buy li uh, liability and collision. The only thing is, if you buy a collision, if you do have an accident, you have to make sure that the adjuster, you make the claim and have the adjuster look at the damage uh, before you leave. Right. They don't necessarily insist you get it fixed in Mexico, but they definitely insist they have the claim processed ah. while in Mexico. Well, it sounds like there's some some good benefits to traveling in a caravan as far as some of the local customs goes. Um, what else, like what else does, uh, what are the other benefits well, of being in a caravan? On a tour, everything's planned. Everything's planned. Basically you meet at the rendezvous location and from there you follow the wagon masters. The tour may, depends on how big the tour is, you may have tail gunners as well. And away you go. Typically take a look at people that are that are going to Baja in the wintertime. They're people that are usually retired or semi-retired, 55 plus. Our tours specifically are designed to not provide you with a good overview of all of Baja, but to build your capacity. Anyone, anyone with a little bit of preparation, and we've seen people with no preparation, <laughs> uh, can cross the border into Mexico and drive around. Yeah. And in a few years, you'll have the capacity. You'll have gone across, you'll have gone spots you like, spots you don't like, all that kind of stuff. Uh, however, many people, they really want to expedite that process. Yeah. <laughs> right? They don't want to be wandering around bumping into things. How many restaurants they go to, they'll never go back to it again. If they take a tour, 
They learn out what the process is. They visit most of the, the spots that people go to on Baja with RVs, and they'll figure out what they like and what they don't like. And they'll, you know, for those that want to return, it makes it much easier. We've had yeah. many people, many people on our tours are continuing to go to Baja. They bought places on Baja, but it was their was the tour that gave them the insight and, and the ability to do that on their own. Right. Right. But that there are definitely people, and, you know, if I'm honest here, we've had some on our tour that shouldn't travel with other people. <laughs> <laughs> right? They just shouldn't. They should go alone. And, 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 and with us, I mean, any, lots of people phone us. Lots of people email me. I just respond always the same way. I tell them what they want to know. Right? What, what, what's the information they're looking for specifically? I tell them to go to our website. The tour's on the, on the website so they can actually see day by yeah. day. We offer our tour book, including our pre-trip information package, for sale for people that want to just do it themselves and recommend they just follow the tour. It's got GPS locations. Um, we recommend they buy a map. We recommend they buy the church's uh, Baja right. book. Have a uh, navigation. We have that. Right, we have that. So that's all very helpful. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no reason why anybody can't do it on their own. None whatsoever. But people my age have a lot more anxiety about things, about travel, than I did when Lisa and I went for the first time when I was 30 and she was 25 and we had two little kids. Yeah. And my parents, my parents, Lisa's parents, they were convinced we would be murdered. They'll never see us again. Our children would be kidnapped and raised as Mexicans somewhere. I think as we age, we have more realization that we're closer to the end than we are the beginning. I think we're more sensitive to that reality. And so we don't want to expedite it. So they, so take a tour, right? But what I would recommend, if people aren't going to take a tour uh, or take a caravan, and those are two different things, okay. right? Going in a caravan is not going in a tour, right? It just means you're going with a group of people. They should at least, unless they're really adventurous, um, they should probably couple up with somebody. Yeah. Find another couple, right? And then that, that lessens your anxiety right off the bat, that you have another couple that you're traveling yeah. with. But, but Lisa and I, we continue to travel yeah. alone. Well, let me ask you this. What's a good length of time, and we'll talk Baja because it's a sort of fixed region, What's a good length of time to RV through Baja? What's your most popular tour through the Baja? How long does that last? Our, our most popular tour is a 30-day yeah. tour. Yeah. For Baja. And what does it run cost-wise? For next season, it'll be thirty-one ninety-five U.S. Well, that seems pretty reasonable. And that's, I would say, mid-range. Between Fantasy and Adventure, they're the biggest in the yeah. world. Fantasy runs a 13-day tour mm -hmm. from the U.S. I believe they, they rendezvous in Potrero County Park, same as us. And they go to Guerrero Negro which is halfway down, and that's where the whales are. And they charge $100 more than our 30-day tour, and it's full. They got two of them. They're both full, and they're full for next season. <laughs> but they run 25 rigs. Oh, that's a big group. It is. They, a couple of years ago, there was an escapees. The escapees is yeah. an RV club, yeah. but they also plan outings. And we know some people out of San Diego that actually used to be the uh, – that ran the first tour down Baja, and they – also went as far as uh, as uh, Guerrero Negro for whale watching, and their group was sixty RVs. So, is everyone equipped with radios for something like that? Do you guys use that to to keep in yeah. touch? Yeah. Everybody does different things. What we've done from the beginning, 
is that uh, the Wagon Master always has a base unit, whatever technology that yeah. is, and they own handheld radios, which they pass out to the to all the right. guests. Okay. And they at the end of the tour they collect them up, because some people use CBs. Yeah. We use Marine VHF. Okay. That's the technology that, that Lisa and I used yeah. to use. Some of them use FSRs. Yeah. You've got the voice and the visual. This is the theory. When the person in front of you pulls off, probably you should pull <laughs> off too. <laughs> right? Yeah, makes good sense. Not, a, not always the case. Yeah. <laughs> not always the case. When, when, the, when the person, for instance, comes out of Guerrero Negro uh, and you intersect out of the town with Highway 1, which is directly in front of you, to the right is south, to the left is north. And so when the uh, six RVs in front of you, by the way, in Garo Negro, it's flat, salt flats, nothing grows. So you can see for 25 miles in front of you. Okay. To the horizon, right? And so when you've got six RVs the, in a seven RV caravan, and the six RVs all go to the right, you would wonder what's going through somebody's mind when the last number six RV says, Number seven RV just went to the left. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. So you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about a lot of different topics here, Dan. Um, we've covered a lot of different things. Mostly we've talked about Baja, though, but is there some exceptions to what we talked about if somebody wants to go to the mainland? Oh, very much so. In general terms, three Mexicos there's Baja, Mexico, which is Baja, California, and Baja, California, Sur. There's mainland Mexico with, uh, I think, the other 31 states. And there's Mexico City. Those are three different Mexicos. We often refer to Baja as Mexico light. And that's because of the influence from the rest of North America. Lots of English spoken, right? Lots of English spoken by many people. Many of the Mexicans who leave either voluntarily or forced out of the U.S. often will go to, go to Baja, right? Where their, their English is much more well accepted yeah. and people are used to it. Mainland, not so much. Depends on where you go. Obviously the hot spots like uh, Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta, Cancun. You'll find a lot more English right. spoken there. Yeah. Uh, a lot less in some of the smaller places and rural areas. The mainland has much better roads, generally speaking. And they have many more toll roads right? Which are two lanes each way. Very much they resemble an interstate. And because they're toll roads and they're fairly pricey, there's not a lot of traffic on them. Those people that don't want to pay the tolls will take uh, Highway 15, which is, which is not a toll road, which is a bit slower, a bit windier. Sometimes the pavement's not quite as good, but, you know, if you've got the time right, and you've got the interest to go through, you know, every little town um, and the patience, then that'll work. But for us, because we know where we're going, right? And because we're leading tours, you know, you're trying to, like our, our mainland tour is 45 days, okay. which goes to Mexico City. That's a lot of turf to cover in 45 days. So that's that's different. There's a lot less English spoken on the mainland. They have the toll roads. You'll see a lot more colonial cities on, okay, yeah. you know, in, in, in the mainland. And you'll see a lot of Mesoamerican culture, uh, with um, many more uh, pyramids and other archaeological sites, you know, from Toltecs, from Mayans, from Aztecs, right. from uh, Tetuacans. I mean, there's just 
thousands of years pre-Columbian culture. Yeah. So very different. It's a very different place. We find it in lots of ways cheaper in, in mainland Mexico than, than Baja. I mean, just the transporting goods to Baja from the mainland, right? You either got to take a ferry right. or you got to ship it or you have to fly it in. It's going to be more expensive to get it there. Those are the big yeah. differences. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, mainland sounds know. good. I've been to Baja numerous times and the mainland, but... Uh, but yeah, it, uh, the mainland is more interesting as far as the architecture and the indigenous peoples. Um, that oh, makes yeah. it very cool. You know, we've talked about quite a bit, Dan. Is there is there anything else that you'd like to add to you know the the Mexican experience for people? Any more advice you can provide? If you're taking your RV, which is principally the audience that we're talking to, you just want to have some kind of a plan. Right? Yeah. Don't drive at night. Driving at night is a bad right. idea. Because you're old, <laughs> right? I don't like driving at night. It's because I'm old. I don't have any perception yeah. anymore. And in Mexico, uh, more so on Baja than the mainland, but not exclusively on Baja, if you're going to hit a cow, you're going to hit it at night. Yeah. Because you're not going to see it in time, right? Uh, the daytime, there'll be lots of donkeys, horses, cows, other animals on the road, but the good news is it's daytime and you'll be able to see right. it. The other thing which is important to understand is, is Mexico has many of the same uh, rules of the road right. that they have in the U.S. and Canada. So they have, you know, you, you can't drive impaired. You can't drive talking on a cell phone. Everybody must have seat belts. You can't ride in the back of a pickup truck. They have those rules, but they're not universally applied. Where I find those rules applied, they're most likely going to be applied to tourists because tourists have the ability, more likely ability, to pay a fine. Right. I've been in Mexico City. I think I actually have the photo. And uh, there's six guys that are sitting on top of an oil tanker truck. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> right. Probably not the safest thing to do. So back to the rules. Mexicans, sadly, uh, it's quite routine for them to drink and drive. And, and that includes the commercial truckers. Another good reason not to be driving at night. Although we've never encountered a bandito, I think if you are going to encounter one, I bet it's more likely going to happen at night. <laughs> so you really want to plan your trip, daytime driving, don't be in a rush, and have some idea where it is you're going to. I mean, you give yourself some options, right? But So boondocking is not a great idea. Boondocking is fine in the right, right, right locations, right? So, for instance, Playa Tecolate, uh, Playa Santa Spac, uh, anywhere in the Bay of Conception, uh, boondocking is very popular. Uh, and you'll have right. several other RVers that will be with you. Boondocking by yourself, uh, where it has easy access from the highway, probably not a good idea. Right. Um, lots of places on the mainland that we stay at or could stay at are uh, parking lots behind Pemex stations. Okay. Often they're guarded. You've got lots of they're secure. They're they're gated. There's lots of um, instances that we can find in Canada and the U.S. where people are, are robbed. So just common sense stuff. Right. right. Yeah. Use your common sense. A couple of reasons that we we really gravitate to Mexico every winter. Um, run our business there and ourselves personally, uh, we winter there, is is that, you know, it's warmer than anywhere you can find in the southern U.S. 
in January. Like it just, it just is, right? Uh, and, it, you know, the sweet spot depends on what you like personally. We find places like Malaki, Acapulco, uh, Zihuatanejo, Ixtapa, we find those too warm for us. Mm -hmm. Places like Guaymas, San Carlos, Mazatland, for January, we find those too cold. Mm. So for us, our sweet spot is in, in Nerait and Puerto Vallarta, that area. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of RV parts, and they're very affordable. La Panita, where we stay in uh, Nayarit, next, it's actually next to, it's in a place called La Panita de Heltemba, which is next to Recon Guayabitas, which might be very, um, people might remember that name, uh, recall that name. Um, what are we paying? I think we're paying 600 US a month for all the services. They got a pool, they got a restaurant, yeah. get your hair cut, daily laundry, you're on the water. You know, if people are considering uh, a tour, you know, where can they go on to reach you and see what kind of tours you're offering? BajaAmigos.net. Just Google Baja Amigos and we'll come up. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, it's just, we're, we're pretty much, uh, anything to do with, anything to do with Mexican RV caravan tours yeah. is, uh, is uh, Google anything like that, you'll find us. Yeah. Caravanas to Mexico, one of our competitors, mm -hmm. they offer, I think, a tour on Baja, but most of their business is mainland. Um, Fantasy does some stuff on Baja, and I think they do something to Puerto Penasco. But these days, I think there's one out of Quebec. Okay. I forget yeah, what they're called. on the East Coast. And, and there's, uh, and there's, of course, Seabridge Tours does. I think they only do Baja, but they're. Unless you speak German, you're you're not going to be very happy on the tour because everybody speaks German. You know, I'm very open and receptive to anybody who uh, uh, wants to go to Mexico, is interested in going to Mexico. Um, you don't have to buy a tour. You know, you don't have to sign up for a tour. I can provide you with lots of information. I will not plan your tour for you, right? Uh, you buy the tour, then I'll plan it for you. But I can certainly help you and give you any information you want. Very happy to do that. Uh, it's um, it's definitely it's definitely worth the uh, the journey to at least see yeah. once. And there's lots of people that we have lots that they have a favorite park in in Tucson and Phoenix, right. in Hemet, Palm Springs, San Diego. They had a favorite place they go to every winter. We had one couple, they'd been going to Yuma for five years, and at the end of the tour, the guy says to me, he says, what the hell was I doing in Yuma for five years? I'll be back here, right? Yeah. And, and they've been going back ever since, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really not that far to go, and it's, it's safe to do yeah. it. Just be well-planned. Yeah, that's it. No, I agree. Thank you so much, Dan, for uh, taking some time with us today and giving us uh, your invaluable knowledge on traveling through Mexico. I think you're right. It, it is definitely, it should be on everyone's bucket list and it might actually turn into their regular vacation destination for snowbirds. Well, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to hear more, please follow or subscribe. Your opinions are important. So please take a moment to share your ideas, comments on this show, or topics you'd like us to cover. For fun contests and picture submissions, check out our Instagram channel at Snowbirds RV Travelers. Snowbirds and RV Travelers is a Sun Cruiser Media production.